Hey, this is Katie. This is the Writability Podcast, and I'm here today with Sandra, who's making all sorts of faces at me. We are going to talk about best practices for peer review. Sandra, you want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm an instructor at COS. I teach English, and I love doing peer review when it goes well. So I think even before I start asking you other questions, I think we should probably define what the heck we're talking about when we say peer review. So what is peer review? I mean, I know people have different definitions of it, but to me, really, peer review is when you are with your peers, you are literally reviewing your papers. I think every author, right, has their writing group, and they give their whatever they've got to their group, their writer friends, and they review it, and they give each other advice and suggestions, and they ask questions, and that's really it. Yeah. And I think it's important to note that some teachers might call this workshops. I tend to go back and forth whether I'm calling them workshops. But I like writing workshops too. I like the phrase writing workshops. Workshop sounds more friendly, I think, than review. I think so, because when you think peer review, when students are faced with research and you want to get a peer-reviewed journal, Mm. it's kind of the same thing. It's a journal, say, like Journal of the American Medical Association. Well, who gets to be in the Journal of the American Medical Association? Well, you have to be reviewed by your peers, by the editorial board. And those are like the big names sort of Mm. in whatever discipline the journal's in. So it is peer reviewed. So yeah, that can be a little intimidating. Workshops does sound more friendly. Right. Though that, I mean, when you were explaining that, I was like, I also like that we're giving everybody else the authority to be the people reviewing and like okaying this paper. That's kind of cool too. Mm -hmm. So I've been starting with sort of a personal question as a way to like open up our conversation. And so my question for you is like, when you were a student, did you like doing peer review or workshops? When I was first starting, I probably didn't like it, but I almost don't remember. I know that the person I was right at the very beginning, I would probably have been intimidated. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what you want me to say, which is what I see in students, you know, now that are just starting out. When I got older, like maybe the last two years of my bachelor's degree, like my junior and senior year, from then on, I tended to like it because I realized that I didn't have to be the teacher. I was just getting help and offering help. It's good. Yeah. I hated it. I, especially as an undergrad, I like, sorry, students. I, I feel like a lot of the things I do as a teacher, I hated as a, a student, but that's another thing oh, I know. to deal with. Just because I was a really quiet, anxious student, I felt like I would pour a lot in and I didn't ever feel like I got a lot out of those workshops. Like I was one of those people who'd get annoyed when I'd get it back and be like, this is great. And I'm like, I know it's not great. Tell me other things. And like, now that I've talked to students, I understand more what that mindset is and why those students are writing. You know, this is great. But for me, I didn't find it really there. But in grad school, I started to like develop my own group of peers who were my workshop people who I still send papers to. And that I love. Like, I love the people who I have developed that trust with. I think that might be probably my experience that I didn't realize. One, I was a quiet, more introverted person. I didn't want to be judged either by my paper. Mm -hmm. Oh, I don't look stupid. They're going to think my essay is crap. But I was also one of those students who would like put everything into it. And when I didn't get the same effort back, I'd be mad. Yeah, me too. And so I guess my next question kind of is like, okay, we both weren't huge fans of it during our freshman comp years, right? So why are we doing it? Why is this an important practice to have workshops or peer reviews in classes? Because I think we know they work. 
once you do get used to it and once you do feel more comfortable and that you know that you have more confidence, they actually do work. They're super useful. Yeah. I think for me, like the reasons I tend to do it, first of all, there's, there's this really interesting study and I need to look it up. I'll put it in the show notes if I can find it that I remember reading in grad school that was talking about peer review. And I talk to students about this all the time, but pretty much what it said is like, there was a study where they took groups of students and some of the classes they taught how to give really good feedback. And then the other classes they taught how to like take the feedback and use the feedback. Right. And I'm always like students, like, who do you think did better? Who's writing improved more? The ones who learned how to give or the people who learned how to receive? The ones that learned how to give, I bet. Yeah. And I think, like, students are always like, oh, the ones who, like, got the feedback, obviously. And I'm like, actually, no. It was the ones who learned how to look critically at writing. To me, that's really the value. And I try to remind students of that. Like, hey, you may not get the best feedback on your papers, but you learning how to give feedback, that is what's going to make you a better writer, even if sometimes the feedback you get is disappointing. One thing I tell my classes a lot, but especially with peer review or writing workshops, whatever you want to call them, I talk about somebody like Stephen King or just some novelist, whatever. Like all you see is the finished product. So a lot of students still think that it comes right out of their head to a book. We're going to pull back the curtain and I'm going to show you all the work that goes into Mm. writing anything that you want anybody else to see. By peer reviewing, you're getting better at writing your own papers because in psychology or history or any other class, they're not obligated to do workshops and all of that kind of stuff. We are the ones. I am the one teaching you what's going on behind the curtain. So if you're left alone, you know what goes on behind the curtain. You know what it takes to write that paper and improve it. So the more practice you get at looking at writing, whether it's your own or others, the better your writing's gonna turn out. One of the other things you're hinting at there that I think is really important is like, when we're looking at other students writing in peer review, in a lot of English classes, it's one of our only chances to see a bunch of student essays, right? I think a lot of the writing that we look at is not student essays, which is what more what we're asking you to write, right? We're looking at professional essays. But I think one of the things I often encourage my students to do is while they're doing peer review, to take some notes and be like, if someone's making a move you're really interested in, like, write that down, save that, do it in your own paper, steal from each other. It's okay. But I also really like the stuff you're saying about like how it helps you as you move into different disciplines who aren't going to actually be teaching you things about writing, right? Or take out class time to say, okay, we're going to peer review now. They're not going to do it. They're going to say, okay, you have a 10 page paper due in five weeks. Let's move on to something else. Let's go. You know, which I think is a good time to just plug the writing center real quick, because if you don't have those peers in your class, you can totally go to writing center and they will be those peers for you. You don't have those friends or people in your life. And I realize that often having people in your life who are good writers, like, and very confident is sort of a privilege. Some of us have that. Some of us, especially students who are first generation and, you know, don't have older siblings, don't have older people to like look at. Maybe they don't have that support group of being able to like, give it to their mom or whatever that others do. Writing center's there for you in those situations. I like the writing center because not only have those students gone through English one and all that that entails with peer review experiences, but I like the fact that they have to take the writing center class, which trains them to actually be consultants. So they have like double knowledge. They know how you feel 
they've been through English one, they've been through peer review, but they've also been trained in how to sort do of do it even better. Right. Yeah. I like that. Sometimes when you have friends like, Oh, my friend looked at this for me. Well, I think your friend fixed it for you and may have fixed it wrong. <laughs> yeah. That's, I don't even know how to deal with that. Like that's a whole nother like thing. Cause it's good for people to look at it. But yeah, I, I've had a lot of students be like, I had three people read it. It's fine. They all said it was beautiful. And I'm like, okay, but no, like we have some work to do. Sometimes it is trial and error. Like I definitely had friends who like early on, I would send papers to and they were like, this is great. Go. And I stopped sending stuff to them. I wanted the ones who tore it apart. Like that gave me a lot to work with. That's where things in class go wrong because, you know, like you said in the beginning, like you would put everything into it and you would do your best job that you could in a group, but the other people weren't giving you the effort that you gave them. That's where it breaks down. Kind of building on that. So like, I feel like when a student doesn't put effort, it's about other things, if that makes sense. Like for example, I was just reading through the feedback I got at the end of last semester from my students. And I had not looked at the end of last semester because pandemic and like, I could not deal with (laughs) negative feedback at that moment. It happens. My brain needed a rest, but one of them actually wrote about how anxious she was and how she didn't do any of the peer review assignments because she was so afraid of saying something wrong on someone else's paper. Right. So I guess my question for you is like, if we're talking to the student right now, if they're hearing us, who is super anxious because they don't want to say the wrong thing on someone's paper. They don't want to be mean. They don't want to be critical. What is your advice to that student? We do a lot of prep work in my class. And I think Mm. a lot of people do. But if after all of that prep work, they're still weirded out, they know that the only thing I'm expecting is for them to ask questions. No judgments. Mm. Ask questions. Where do you think they need more information? Where do you not understand something? I also actually make it explicit in my classes that they are encouraged to play devil's advocate. They can feel free to announce that they're playing devil's advocate and not actually arguing with them. Some students really can't see their opposition and some students Mm. play their opposition. And there, that's where the growth takes place. But I mean, asking questions and playing devil's advocate, that's all I'm asking. Ask questions. That's it. I think the asking questions is a really good thing. I would encourage that student also to just like, remember you're reading as a reader. Like you're you're not the teacher, you're the reader, right? So, and I think like thinking about that, like it helps the tone and stuff. Like you don't have to act like you're an authority. Mm -mm. Ask questions. I really don't want you to be like, you need to move this or you need to change this, right? Instead, be like, hey, does this really belong here? For me as a reader, this is happening. It's not boxing them in. I always say, you know what? You're an audience member, so you know what you understand. You know what you don't understand. You know where you want more information. And you have a probably a pretty good instinct for where they probably would benefit from more outside mm-hmm. material backing up. That's all I'm asking. The The more questions, the better, because it gives ownership to that student, the writer. It maintains that ownership. So you're not saying you need to fix this and this is how. They're just asking a question like, hey, I thought I understood this. This is what I think this means. Is that what that means? Because I was kind of confused there. That leaves it up to the writer to say, okay, I'm going to make a note of that and I'm going to go back And I'm going to check that out. And often that kind of feedback, even just observational feedback, right? Mm -hmm. Like I see you transitioning between these ideas by doing this, or I see this connecting like this. Like sometimes that's, it's really helpful. You're seeing stuff and experiencing stuff as a reader going through this stuff for the first time that like the writer may have not noticed. 
the other thing that I think is important is just like giving feedback for me, like learning how to give good feedback as an instructor took a really long time. Right. Yeah. It was a lot of trial and error, a lot of practice. So you can't expect students to be amazing at it at the, at the first moment. Um, one thing I think that it's often, I like to think of it as, as it almost like its own kind of writing, right? Like when you're giving p- feedback to a peer, it's like, just like you had to learn the rules of writing an essay, you have to learn sort of the rules of giving good feedback. There is a language with authors and right. writers. And as soon as they do that and feel comfortable, then we're good to go. And I think it's stellar just to ask questions. I don't care about anything else. Oh, you're yeah. I'm so happy. Not just sitting back going, yeah, man, I think you need to make it longer. Or I think you need some more sources because this paper requires four sources and you only have two. <laughs> and you're like, it's a rough draft. So instead of, instead of saying put more sources, when you get to that point where you're like, ooh, they need something to back this up. I'm not sure, you know, playing about this, be like, hey, do you have anything to back this up? Or, hey, what if you, have you thought about this at this point? Have you thought about bringing in data about this, right? And asking those kinds of questions will be much better than add two more sources. I had this great, I don't use it anymore. It was a textbook called The Writer's Way. It had a great chapter on actual writing workshops. There was a discussion about, and I love this, about how the person who's being reviewed, the actual author, is actually the one in charge. And I want the authors to feel really empowered because if they're not getting what they need, don't let them off the hook. So if they say, yeah, I think you need a couple more sources the author should be saying where exactly Mm. and what kind of sources and what question am I not answering? If you're the one being reviewed, don't let them off the hook. If they're giving you really general information that's not really giving you any direction, you ask them questions and have them answer. Like on what page was that? Or can you give me an example where I do that in my paper? (laughs) Yeah. That's one of the things I have my students do sometimes is write sort of a like, this is what I need and this is what I don't need before they do their peer review. Just because like, so like, if you know you need two more sources, tell your reader, like, I don't, I don't want feedback on how I need two more sources. I know. Great idea for any student in any class that knows that they're going to have to peer review. Think about what you're looking for and what you're not looking for. And even if your teacher has an assignment with, yeah. with peer review, which many of us do, I try to ask for specific things. I can't stop students from writing a few sentences on top being like, hey, I'm really worried about this. Also, don't care about this right now. Yeah. Like, you can do that. No one's stopping you from like leaving your reader notes, even if your teacher isn't telling you to leave your reader notes. And I think the reader will be thankful. So another thing I wrote down while I was thinking about like things that a student could do who's really anxious, I I tend to tell my students like, it's okay to start with a little bit of praise. Like if there's something specifically you like, tell them about it. And that will make, it's a tone thing. Just like anytime you're going to critique anyone in your real life, like you start by saying something nice about them. Right. And then you like hit with the blow and hopefully you're not hitting with the blow, but like, hopefully you can feel better about what you're saying by being like, Hey, I really like this. But the thing for me when it's like, Hey, it's good. Is not helpful? I think like it's good to like try to like specifically point to something you like so that they know what you think is actually good. Yeah. Specificity I think really matters in suggestions and identifying challenges, but also in triumphs and what's really successful. An additional thing to take some stress off the student reviewer would be to like put it on yourself instead of saying you weren't clear enough when you said this. Instead of that, say, you know, it might be just me, not quite sure, 
but I was a little confused during this paragraph. I think it said this. I'm not quite sure. Could you, yeah. you know, could you explain it? As a reader statements for me. Yeah. That's what I call them. Like as a reader, I wasn't sure what you were saying here. <laughs> exactly. So if you like put it on yourself and don't be like, you know, this sucks or you didn't do this or you need to do this or this page is not like this. It gets the pressure off of you as a reviewer and it goes over better with your writer person that you're talking to. And if you're the writer getting a comment like that, don't be like, oh, well, what a dumb peer reviewer, right? Like right. know that they're trying to placate that and to really look at that and be like, ooh, why did this reader not understand what I was trying to do there? Let's, let's check on that, right? And at the same time, it's important for everybody in peer reviewing to realize that we are not complete experts. You shouldn't take somebody's feedback personally. We're going to step in it from time to time. So just, you know, give the reviewer a break. They're trying. And with that, if you're ever confused about a comment you get and yeah. you're not sure if it's right or not, please ask your teacher. Like more than once I've had students who don't trust in their own writing and believe their peer reviewers and then change things wrong. And also as you're giving peer review, if you're, you're at a place where you're like, Ooh, I kind of think this is not being done correctly, but I'm not sure. Like walk up to the front of the classroom or email your teacher and be like, Hey, I want to give this a comment here. Is that okay? Do you think this is right? I try to encourage students to do that because like, it's much better to like have that conversation either before you write it or before you change it at when you get your paper back, than like just change and trust whoever read your paper uh, because our reviewers do make mistakes. Yeah. Try not to be offended by what your peers say, which is what I was trying to say. Like mm -hmm. we're trying to all learn how to peer review and it's not going to be perfect the first time out. Yeah. Don't think that your peers are out to get you no matter what comes out of their mouths. Really. <laughs> we're really just stumbling around trying to find the words to help. So it's all coming from a place of love. Trust us. But you know, sometimes people don't know how to say things. People sometimes think it's about themselves and just not like the separate the writing from the author. Yeah. Um, Which is really hard to do. Like when I write too, like it's really hard. You pour yourself, you give a piece of your soul in writing, right? Yeah. So it's really hard to be like, well, no, that's a piece of my soul. Like yeah. they're, they're critiquing it. Do you have any more advice for the person getting feedback for the writer? Don't let them hurt your feelings. At this stage of the game, everyone's just learning. Even I put my foot in it sometimes. I'll read a comment that I've made on a student paper and I'll just think, oh my gosh, did I really just write that? That looks so mean, but I didn't mean it to be mean. If it's in writing, like it's online, sometimes we don't realize the tone that's gonna come out with that because they can't see our faces or our expressions. And sometimes I see my students in class, they're concentrating so much that sometimes what they say doesn't sound quite nice. <laughs> Mm -hmm. They're trying to be so constructive and so useful that they don't realize what they're sounding like. I want them to be constructive and they want to be constructive, but constructive is different than nice. So yeah. it's all is about like have being helpful, very honest, but not like mean. It's all about the language. Yeah. I like doing face to face because we can all see each other's expressions. And we know that, right? Like you don't, for example, in real life, get in a fight over text, right? You need to like sit down and I mean, now we can't see anyone really face to face, yeah. but like you need to hear people's voices to have that fight. And so, I mean, not that we're fighting over peer review, but thinking about that and being aware of that, but also wanting to actually say something constructive. Yeah, it's hard. It's a hard balance. I would hope that they'll just jump right in and try. I think no matter what, if the writer sees you 
really trying to help them out. That's all they want. You're trying. You're all learning together. Just jump in and do it. And if you're still selfish about it, remember you're learning more doing it on their papers than just remember, like if you're thinking about yourself and you're like, what am I getting out of this? You are getting something out of it. You are becoming a better writer. They'll be better at reviewing their own work pretty soon. They'll start reading their own papers and they'll stop to ask themselves questions about their writing. That's when you know it's been successful. Yeah. It'll make you better revisers. That's what it'll do. Any last quick things to do regardless of what the peer review assignment looks like? No matter what your instructor throws at you for peer review, I think the general rule of specificity applies. Be as specific as possible. All instructors do this differently. Sometimes you'll be in a group in class and they'll say, okay, read each other's papers and go for it. Ask questions. If your teacher gives you a sheet of questions that you need to answer about the paper, make sure you answer them with specificity. Like if you want to say, okay, on page two in the second paragraph, it says this, blah, blah, blah. Be specific with the page number, the paragraph, even down to the sentence. Because your author that you're reviewing won't know exactly what you're talking about unless you're specific. So I think that applies to everything. Be as specific as possible, whether they give you a list of questions or whatever, no matter what the instructions, and um, be brave. Yeah, I think my last thing would be like, just remember, like you are, read it like a reader, which I think like, that's how I talk about the like asking question things. You are a reader, you are not an instructor, read it like a reader, give feedback as a reader. Well, and this works in my classes, but if you find a particular one or two people that you're really vibing with, I would maybe let the teacher know. And also like, it's okay if you tell us people that you didn't vibe with too. I've definitely, I appreciate that feedback and rather, I like it better when they tell me early rather than at the very end of the semester. So I've been asking everybody the same last question. So what are you learning right now, Sandra? Well, I'll tell you what I'm learning. It's August 4th, 2020 right now. And I'm learning more about online education than I ever thought I would. This might be a podcast that you're listening to next year if we keep these podcasts, but trust me, August 4th, 2020, I've learned more about online education because, you know, most of us or all of us are being forced to go all online. That's what I'm learning. It's scary. Scary for teachers, too. It is. It's so much work. Like, guys, forgive your teachers when there's little mistakes and stuff like that in your online classes. Like, I'm right now adjusting dates, and I think there's dates, like a thousand dates or something in my class. Like, I don't even know. No, that's announcement in my class. If you notice there's something wonky, just email me, please. You're doing me a huge favor. It's like you're peer reviewing my website, you know, our cell. You have to tell me what's wrong so I can fix it. Thank you, Sandra. Thanks so much for your time. This was fun. If you guys need to talk to me or Sandra, um, our email addresses are on the COS website uh, in the directory. We're here. If you have questions that you want answered on the podcast, email me. Thanks, guys.